Hello. This is SD Hudson Magic. Welcome to episode 8 of my first ever romantic sleep story. The last time we saw Rebecca Tricoran, she was draped in fine red chiffon and walking towards Paul Jacobs, the local GP who had had her within his sights for some time. Jake Fairmore, meanwhile, was unaware of the difficult conversation Olivia Cartwright was having with her stepfather. But before we begin, let's take a moment to focus on where we are now. Take a deep breath in through your nose. That's it. Then let it out on a long sigh. It is time to relax and fully let go. Sink deeper into the support beneath you and allow the cares of the day to drift away. This is your time your space. And here we are, back again in Fort Scott Lake. It is quiet in the office kitchen and Sam is taking advantage of the fact How'd you get on on Saturday night? She asked. You look tired. Rebecca was tired. She tossed and turned the night before with dreams of her father on the lake where they used to fish in the summer, intertwined with a look on Jake's face when he saw her with Paul at McGinty's bar. She couldn't spend another night like that. This new job was getting more and more demanding and she needed her rest. We left immediately because Jake and Olivia were there. Paul must have seen the look on my face when I realised. After that fiasco in the rain, I think he wanted to protect me. He's a good man, Rebecca. I know, it's just... It's just nothing. Jake's made his choice. It's not as if he's tried to get in touch, is it? Well... 
Rebecca looked down into her hands. There were no notifications on her phone. No text. Nothing. Maybe I should be the one to send him a message. No. He should have at least tried to put your mind at ease. He's the one holding all the cards, remember? Outside, the stream swelled with the night's downpour and pools of water collected in the gap between the cobbled stones. The storm had not passed unnoticed. Rebecca popped her collar and pulled it in close. Are you looking forward to the spring festival? Yeah, said Sam. And I've got a date. Really? Yeah, little old me on a date. Would you believe it? I've had my eye on her for a while. She's out of my league, really. Who is it? It's Jamie from Accounts. Wow, you did good there, Rebecca smiled. Nothing made her happier than the happiness of others, especially her friends. I'll make sure you two are sitting together. Organising an event on this scale has kept me busy, I can tell you. And if Rebecca was honest, she liked being busy, which was just as well. Lakeside Gifts was creating waves with its locally sourced products. So busy, Rebecca was likely to remain. Sam handed her a black tea and said, I'm proud of you, Rebecca. You've already made a great impression. Everyone can see you're taking your new role very seriously. But what's this? More doom and gloom? The expression on Rebecca's face had dropped again. What's up now? You look like you've seen a ghost. I had to invite Jake. What? And Olivia and the old man. Really? When are you going to catch a break? Not any time soon. Thick dark clouds collected over the mountain tops and for just a moment the world went black. It seems everybody knows everybody else in Fort Scott Lake, don't they? Especially in town, agreed Sam. They always invite all the businesses. Just stay focused. You've got a new job, you've got a new man, and you're drop-dead gorgeous. Who could want for more? Sam could always make Rebecca smile, so that's what Rebecca did. And she left to get stuck in again with organising the Festival of Colours. Lakeside Gifts were supporting the local Hindu community that year, and springtime afforded the perfect opportunity to do just that. Meanwhile, over in the boardroom at Scott Lake Towers, Olivia Cartwright was feeling the pressure. You've never questioned my choices before, Father. The labour I secured is the most cost-effective and we've been using it for years. I don't understand why we have to change it. 
our profits are higher than they've ever been. But it's not ethical, Olivia. At least that's what Jake tells me. Is there something I should know? Olivia leaned in closer and made sure to use her sweetest voice. Old man Cartwright may not have known her as a child, but she could always turn on the soft little girl act if she needed to. No, father, there's nothing you should know. Everything's fine. She placed her perfectly manicured hand on his arm. I'll speak to Jake, don't worry. He hasn't been with us long, has he? And because he's so important to me, it's my job to help him. Old man Cartwright smiled. With his recent health scare, he needed things to be easy. And Olivia was such a sweet girl, he knew the ropes. So why not? Weeks passed and the Festival of Colours finally arrived. Everyone in Scott Lake Town was excited for the most colourful event they had seen in years. There was no sign of rain, so vivid lanterns and paper garlands were hung from every tree and street lamp. Underneath, the many street traders lined the pathways selling both local and traditional handmade gifts, crafted lovingly and with care. The CEO of Lakeside Gifts was certainly a clever man, and he knew the best way to succeed was to embrace the local community and everyone who was part of it. Meanwhile, in the centre of the town park, Rebecca had organised a huge coloured tent, inside which sat a fire pit, its flames dancing along with the traditional folk musicians and accompanying Indian dancers. At the perimeter, trestle tables were engulfed in every imaginable exotic dish and delight, rich curries and candied treats to name but a few and up above fairy lights were strung from beam to beam. The many chairs surrounding the round tables were draped in elaborate Indian cloth and tureens of various iced infusions containing lemon zest and tamarind pulp sat together amongst shiny tiffin boxes and coffee pots. Rebecca had borrowed a dark green sari from Anika, and she was feeling very glamorous. Her thick auburn hair had been intertwined with rich gold thread, and her palms tattooed with elaborate henna designs. In her ears hung large rings of gold, and on her wrist, her father's bracelet. A red Hindi spot sat between her two arched eyebrows, complimenting her dazzling eyes. Ahmet was wearing old clothes in preparation for the brightly coloured powders that were to be thrown at him. 
he was excited for what was to come. And Anika, his mother, wore a bright red sari, which sat boldly against her thick dark hair. It's so lovely of your company to do this, Rebecca, she said. This is going to be a night to remember. Yes, I'm glad it was the Hindu festival they chose this year, Rebecca said. You've given me so many great ideas for it. I don't know what I would have done without you. Oh, look, there's Sam with her date. Don't they look good together? Little and large, laughed Anika, and Rebecca laughed too. Sam's date towered over her, and Sam was clearly enjoying every minute of it. They sat down to watch as the music played on. It was getting busy now, and dark too. Highly adorned revellers had joined the throng, and the promise of coloured powder throwing was quickly bringing the atmosphere to its frenzied conclusion. Where's Paul? said Anika. I thought you said he was coming. Oh, he is, Rebecca replied. He's been on call today, so he'll be along soon. And as the noise grew and the light faded, Rebecca allowed herself a secret congratulation for how well everything had turned out. Then all at once there was powder everywhere. Greens, blues, reds and oranges clashed mid-air with purples, browns and yellows. Anika darted off to keep a close eye on Ahmed. And the last Rebecca saw of Sam, she was leaving the tent hand in hand with the object of her newfound affection. Rebecca stayed put. There was no way she would allow herself to be covered before Paul got there. But what was this? Her gold bracelet was missing. She panicked. Not her special bracelet, surely. Not her father's bracelet. She began scrabbling around on the floor next to her chair. Where was it? Surely something shiny as gold would stand out amongst everything else. She had to find it. This was the last thing she had to remember her father by. Then through the mist of chalk and powder, it emerged, held tightly in between two thick dark fingers. Rebecca refused to look up. If he thought he could get away with it this time, he was mistaken. She grabbed the thick bangle, but Jake would not let go. Thank you, she said curtly. But he still would not let go. Then all of a sudden, Ahmed ran up to her. Rebecca, Rebecca, he yelled. Look what I've got. Rebecca turned. 
then saw Ahmed stop dead in his tracks, his mouth agape. What is it, Ahmed? said Rebecca, and Jake let go. They stood up together, just as Anika walked towards them. And she was just as shocked as Ahmed was. Is that the man who saved us, Mummy? said Ahmed. But before Anika had a chance to reply, a voice behind them said, It's crazy out there. There's powder flying everywhere. It was Paul, and he was covered from head to foot. I'm Paul, he said, as he faced Jake head on, offering his hand. But Jake seemed ill-amused. Why don't you go and get cleaned up? At this, Paul's whole demeanour changed. Hmm, he replied. It seems we've got off to a bad start. That's unfortunate, isn't it? Not for me, said Jake. Then he left making sure to brush his palm delicately over the back of Rebecca's silk sari. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider following me to hear more.